0: The Way, episode 14 with Caroline Burkle. Fear and creativity. They are basically conjoined twins. Creativity cannot take a single step forward without fear marching right alongside it. They shared a womb. They were born at the same time so that they, so we have to be careful of how we handle our fear. Because when people try to kill off their fear, they, they often end up murdering their creativity in the process. Try this. Dearest fear, creativity and I are about to go on a road trip together. I understand that you'll be joining us because you always do. Apparently your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm about to do anything interesting. So keep doing your job if you feel you must. But I will also be doing my job on this road trip which is to work hard and stay focused. And creativity will be doing its job, which is to remain stimulating and inspiring. There's plenty of room in this vehicle for all of us, so make yourself at home, but understand this. Creativity and I are the only ones who will be making decisions along the way. Your suggestions will never be followed. You are allowed to have a voice, but not a vote. And above all else, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. This is The CC Way, a show about grit, character, life philosophy, fitness, leadership, service, and what it means to choose strength. My name is Scott McGee. I'm a family man, friend, thinker, guardian, and a peaceful warrior with an open mind and unconquerable soul. My guest on this episode is Caroline Burkle. Carol is an Olympic bronze medalist, swimmer, performing in the 2008 Beijing Olympics in the 4x200 meter relay. Uh, She took gold at the 2007 Pan Am Games in the 800-meter freestyle and was the two-time NCAA champ and named the 2008 NCAA Swimmer of the Year. Currently, she has Rise Athletes, which is an online mentoring platform that helps athletes achieve their goals by working one-on-one with an Olympian mentor. Now, that quote, what I opened up with was, from uh, novelist Elizabeth Gilbert, and it was from her book, Big Magic. And prior to the show, uh, Carol sent that to me in different pieces, different parts, <laughs> sent stuff, and uh, that's what I shared. And I didn't, I didn't tell her which part I was going to share, but that's what we went with. Uh, reading that, or hearing me read that, what, do you, what thoughts were going through your head?
1: First of all, last night when I sent you all of those, I was thinking, I really wonder which one he's going to (laughs) choose. I sent you so many, you know, honestly, the very first thing that comes to my, my head when I hear that is the, not the frustration, but the understanding that creativity gets labeled into this category as something that people have or don't have. And fear is something that you have or don't have and if you're scared if you're creative whatever it is those are the only things that you have and i think that i get very passionate when i want to speak about the fact that you can have both it's going to happen that you have both of that at the same time and it took me so long to get there but i'm still still on that path but i think that that's something that I'm, I'm it just sparks me i could go on for hours about that but
0: also the 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 part I want to point out is how fear stifles things. Mm -hmm. And part of it, a part of it you absolutely need, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously you need to Mm -hmm. wear your seatbelt and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but, uh, how fear stifles creativity, how fear stifles vulnerability, Mm -hmm. how, how fear stifles growth Mm -hmm. and almost fear doesn't want you to do anything. Mm -hmm. Fear wants you to like sit still and be motionless. And if you're motionless, you rot. If you rot, you die.
1: And we're told not to have it for so long. Kill it off. Get rid of it. Face that fear. Get over it. And so it becomes something that you conquer, and it becomes something that it's it's just this next thing that you have to get past, that you have to get over, that you have to overcome. And And sure, I believe that, but you're not it's not going to go away. It's just how you utilize that and how you understand that that's part of you. Like that's part of what you're going to be doing in your life. Like I've never been scared shitless in my life without success or without any, I mean, God, every single thing that I've done, I was scared shitless. And looking back, I tried to get rid of it, but it's, it's huge. It's a big tool and I'm still learning that right
0: now. When are you at your strongest?
1: I was about to say what I'm scared. Uh, when I'm faced with a challenge. And so this is interesting that you say that. <laughs> this, I'm just going to dive right into this. Um, I had a conversation the other day about this. And about how when you're at your strongest and when you feel the best is when you're presented with something that is very challenging because it feels really good to do exactly what I just said, try and overcome it. So you're tossed these things, right? Like you can't do this. And then all of a sudden I put on my Superman cape and I feel like a million bucks because I'm going to overcome this and it feels so damn good to do blah, blah, blah. And it just becomes this this thing to conquer, because the more that we can conquer it, the more we're validated within ourselves. And then the more that it's this self-fulfilling prophecy, like, look what I did. And so I'm learning that that strength of overcoming something just because you want to overcome it doesn't necessarily mean that you're validating yourself just by overcoming it. It's the whole process, which we all hate to understand, trust the process, but that's when I feel the most strong is when I do take a step back and realize it's not about overcoming this challenge, but it's about being presented with it and then working through it. Like the process of working through that is powerful. And I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I struggled with that for a long time. I just wanted to get past the next one, the next one, the next one. And I thought that was strength.
0: It kind of skips over of the why.
1: Yeah, entirely.
0: Right, and that's something we've been... Just get to the outcome. We've been chopping it up a, a lot through Instagram Messenger and text mm. and, and trying to figure out you know, the why mm. and why we do things and mm. what the goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, also, in the beginning, I talked about your achievements in the pool. Mm. And I don't think... I, 2008 NCAA um, or oh, seven, I forget that you're seven or eight, the championships, the, mm-hmm. the All-American stuff. Was that stuff a challenge for you?
1: It was a challenge for me after <laughs> it was a challenge for me after I, you know, what What I feel like is never understood is how much grit and how much, especially as a teenage girl and as a young girl and then, you know, going through college, how much put your head down and deal with it and do it is there. Um, And I just, I felt so in the zone for so long, just understanding that I have to get done what I need to get done. And that is because that is, the challenge that was presented to me and I will do that and I will get there. But then afterward, I'm recognizing like, oh my God, <laughs> like wh- what? You know, because you are, you you are in flow half the time and then you are just getting there half the time. So, and I'm fully admitting like the process of all that was beautiful. It was great. It was hard. It was awful. I cried. I laughed. I, I did everything throughout, you know, becoming NCAA champion and, and that, but it was, it was hard because when I was done with that, The team that was behind me and the people that were behind me were no longer there. And that was everything to me. Like doing it for that, I'm recognizing was everything for me.
0: And this is after college and after Olympics, right? Yeah.
1: So, like, it all fell in a time space. So, we had NCAA's 2008 March, like, right now ish. We're already, no, we're a little past it, but NCAAs were in March, April, 2008. And then we had Olympic trials in June. So you have this quick turnaround between that and the trials. And it was, that was particularly the hardest time of my career, I would say, other than sophomore year when I literally quit like six times, but the the moment after NCAAs, I mean, I, I never say this out loud. Cause I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't really care about like the specific achievement, but it was the, the meaning of it, you know, breaking Janet Evans was like a legend. And I broke her 18 year old 500 freestyle record. I was the first woman to ever go under 434. I went 433 and it was like, holy shit, this girl's going to make the team. Like, we all knew it, but she's kind of been, like, sliding under the rug, you know? Like, she's always, like, second, third, second, third, second, third. And then all of a sudden, it was, like, okay, like, now we have to all eyes on. And it was this moment of, like, I finished, and I was stoked. I mean, honestly, that was probably the most excited I've ever been in a race in my life, even more than the Olympics, fully admitting, (laughs) like I just did. I mean, I, I was a mess, like, you know, but it was this feeling of, Oh my God, now I have all of this pressure on me and all of these birds chirping in my ear. I mean, the second I got out, I was told every single thing I did wrong in that race. And I had just broken an 18 year old record and done the best, had the best race of my life, won by like five or six seconds. Like it was like, holy shit. Like I felt like I was on cloud nine, but I remember being like, oh my God, now I have no idea what to do. Because I had gotten like what I said before to this thing, this challenge that we all knew was there. It was like the goal, like, you know, here we're gonna do this. And then I'm like, now what?
0: (laughs) Well, there's an identity crack.
1: Huge, but also expectations of being the next the next challenge there and like the process was overwhelming already and i only had three months of the next process and i was i was so fast yeah and i always quote unquote sack up and do it put my head down and do it but i was sick and tired of sacking up and doing it like i was so tired of it i was like i've literally sacked up for four years like and that 15 years before that, like this I was eight years old yeah. and I've sacked up. Like I've tried to get to the next level and to the next level and the next level. And then you finally get to this part where you're just like, I'm just tired. I want to freaking break. Like just everybody lay off me, you know? And I, I had this moment of, I just, I literally wanted to walk away from the sport. I just achieved the highest of the highs, 500, 200. Our team did fantastic, you know, I'm NCAA swimmer of the year. Everybody would think I'm like super stoked. I get back to Gainesville a day later. I walk out on pool deck fit five minutes late to practice, which is never like me. I'm always 15 minutes early, but I did not want to be there. And keep in mind, I was like having some like personal emotional things going on in my personal life. And I was like, what's happening. So I get to the pool deck and I walk out and I just, I, I threw my equipment bag, literally tossed it by the lane, like diva status, but not diva, but, kind of diva at the same time, you know, like, Oh God, here she comes. And I'll never forget my coach just starts running after me with his finger. Just like you get your damn bag and you go back in that locker room and you don't come back out here until you decide you're making that damn Olympic team. And I turn around and I go, that's exactly why I don't want to be here right now. What you just said. And so then I just pull, you know, I'm being like really melodramatic and I get my bag and I go back in the locker room. And I'm bawling and I'm crying and the girls coach is coming in and I'm like, you know, and coach is knocking on the door and I'm like, I'm naked. You can't come in here. You know, like, and so, and she's just like, don't come in. She's crying. She needs some time. And I was just, I, I lost it. I was like, I cannot make that team. It was like the most doubt I've ever had to achieve a challenge in my life because the process was exhausting. Like, I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So. (laughs) That was a long-winded way of saying that, but it was, it was gnarly. It was sure it was great, but it was.
0: I also want to point out a couple things as as far as you know. You have um, the background there is, I believe your your mom, your parents like had like a swimming facility, right?
1: Yeah. So my mom was a professional tennis player. My dad was a swimmer, but they had like uh, USTA twenty six court country clubs all over Kentucky, and they would open them up and host big tournaments and stuff, but it, they were also swim facilities too, but they're like beautiful Kentucky. Nice. Yeah. So
0: well, the history there, you have an athlete, athletic competitive family. Yeah. Uh, and also being uh, a world-class swimmer. Isn't like you could just practice once a day. There's yeah. years and years of early practices after school, before school, yeah. uh, a lot of time in, in chlorine, a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> in bathing suits, chemical romance, right? <laughs> There's a lot, a lot going on there. And then eventually, I mean, after decades of doing it and then the pressure mm-hmm. and then what you're going to do with it, also it kind of comes into finding the why. Um, oh my gosh. I, yeah. I do have a question though. Like, yeah. what was it like to tell your parents that you made the Olympic team?
1: Well, they were there at trials. I don't think I, I mean, I never talked to them about it. You just make it and they're there and they watch it. And I don't think, you know, my mom was always like, Oh my God, you look great. Even if you're doing terrible, you know, So she just had no idea about swimming. Like she's an athlete. So she gets the mindset in that way, the competitive, yeah. you know, grit and the whole deal. My dad was a swimmer. So he gets the whole like technical side of it or whatever, but they were so hands off. Like they just didn't, it was a great job, you know, every time. And I don't ever, I mean, I never really talked about it with them. You know, I think that the harder part now that we're having this conversation was that my brother, who's a year and a half younger than me was fifth in the 200 breaststroke in 2008 and like fourth in the 400 I am. And you know, they take two in every event and there's like, you know, 60 people per event and i mean the facility for Mm -hmm. the trials is like in a basketball arena and they they you know hollow it out and put a big pool in the middle and it's all dark and you know you feel like you're at like the final four you know it's dark (laughs) and there's like strobe lights everywhere it's like really cheesy but really good and i just i felt i really wanted to make the team with him and i knew that he was so young for what he was doing and his exact events are like Michael Ryan, Michael Ryan. So, you know, it's like, those are the, that's hard. It's really yeah, hard. It's like Michael Jordan and every, you know, it's like you just got the top of the top. And I, I felt like he was so proud of me, but I felt so convicted that he should be there. And that was harder for me to like discuss with him in that way than yeah, it was yeah. my parents. My brother, I've always felt a little bit, closer with that performance expectation and mindset than I have with my parents to be totally honest. And that's no offense to my parents, but they're yep. just very supportive and hands off and like, you'll do it. I'm gonna ask you some questions about it and then you go do it. That's kind of their attitude. So you
0: should ask, maybe ask mom. Yeah. Like, hey, hey mom, what did it mean to you when your daughter made the Olympics?
1: I think a lot of it for her was a sense of accomplishment within herself well, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm just sitting here, like, if one of my, I'm, that would be really cool. Yeah. Like to put it lightly.
1: Oh, I know. And it's, I don't think that I ever really realized it until after. So I didn't realize any of the success that I ever had until my brother made the Olympics in 2012. I was like, oh, shit, this is what it is. <laughs> like, geez. Because I was in the stands watching trials in 2012. I had retired. My parents were, you know, doing the same thing that they've done for us for 20 years. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is the amount of stress it is to watch somebody do this shit? Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was drenched in sweat. Like, I don't sweat easily. And I was drenched in sweat when I was watching my brother. And I was just, it, more so than me being proud of me, I was prouder of him and his accomplishment. And so then I told my parents, I was like, so that's how you felt? you know when yeah, like you're yeah. watching us and they're like yeah but it's also different cuz we're parents like your siblings like so imagine that stress and then imagine us producing you and then
0: that's That's really cool for your parents to have two Olympians as siblings.
1: It's really cool. It's really really cool. And then we have a a little one who's well not so little anymore he's 21. He plays rugby. He's your size. He's big boy like strong, tall like you know and just carving that identity for himself hard. But it's, I mean, that was uh, that was something we grew up just really instilling in him. It's like, yeah, you don't yeah, have really to cool. be that, but it's really cool for you to be so proud. And he actually, Tangent, is the cutest kid. Okay, so he's 11 years younger than me and 10 years younger than Clark. And growing up, I'll never forget, he would get so mad when we wouldn't make teams. Like if we, I was third at World Champ Trials in 2009. So I took like a six month like Caroline goes crazy and goes to Vegas like phase after Beijing because I had no idea who I was. I was lost. I was depressed. I was wait you in a dark in place Vegas for six months. I mean that's I mean, it's a joke, oh, but so, I would go oh. like twice a weekend, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. twice a month, every other weekend, and I would go and I mean anyway, that's a story. That's another story. That's a whole chapter <laughs> of life we'll get into. <laughs> but so, but he I. Colin was so cute because I didn't make world champ team. I was third in 200 and 400. Keep in mind, I trained for like three months. I came back in January and I was like, cool. I'm going to like try and make the world champ team. So I like go, I train a little bit. I come back, I get third. He's up in the stands rolling up his heat sheet. Like, you know, and like throwing it on the ground, like, now we're not going to Rome. Like he was the one that was like <laughs> really mad. Because <laughs> Homeboy gets a free ride everywhere he goes when he was young. He was just so, you know, he was just such a little warrior. Like he's such a warrior. And he walked on to Kentucky's rugby team. And now he's starting. And he's just, you know, he's just like one of those like workhorse. Like, I'm gonna do it, you know. Oh, and, that's awesome. But he would get more upset about any of it and take more pride than us ever. He'd get so mad. My parents were like, calm down. Like, it's okay. <laughs> we're not going to Rome. Like, don't tell Caroline you just got that upset.
0: <laughs> you can still go someday. It's not like Rome's closed. Maybe he'll, yeah, it's not closed. <laughs> yeah. It's wide open. <laughs> yeah. so, so transitioning from that, and I know, um, I don't know if I spoke on this podcast before, but when I was in college and playing football, and getting an injury mm. um, I had to sit out a year and so just being separate there and I lived with a bunch of football players and during yeah. the games they would fly and they'd be gone all weekend and I was home by myself yeah and then I was like well if I'm not you know a college football player here who am I I had this weird thing and I went through some depression yeah i ended up going to like AA meetings for injured athletes yeah they have those who sports yeah. psychologists yeah uh, Actually.
1: Injury is real too. <laughs> yeah, but that part—I say that part—that
0: part of my life sent me on the trajectory that I'm on. So I'm very, like, tremendously grateful. It's wild, isn't for it? all that suffering? Yeah. Uh, but even still, you have—you're swimming, you're competing, you're getting accolades, you're getting Olympic medals, you're NCAA, you know, swim of the year, and then it's over. And how do, what I'm saying, it's not obviously not just you, but there's people that go through that and it's not just people swimming. It's not, people go through different identity changes.
1: Totally. It doesn't matter what it is. If yep. you're a mother and after you have a child, like it, it's real. And I want to preface this by saying that it does not mean that you're not grateful. And I get very um, passionate about that because if ever I speak about this, there is a part of me that feels guilty And we talked about that a little bit earlier, just this guilt feeling of like, well, I just had all these great things or, you know, well, life's always worse. There's always whatever. It's like, sure. Great. Like, yes, it is. And I know for a fact that there will be much, much worse and harder and challenging and, you know, sadness and everything. And that's okay. But what is happening in that moment doesn't change. And you're entitled to those feelings and to those opinions and to those, you know, they are yours. They come in, they go out. And I felt, you know, this immense sense of guilt. Like, why am I not in love with that experience? Like, like, what is wrong with me? You know, like, what is wrong with me? You know, I, I literally, because I associated and at the time I thought, it was just so freaking wrong. But I associated the Olympics with the best and the worst time in my life. It was... It was... It was really the culmination of a lot of realizations that I had been through emotionally throughout my career. And I went through for lack of a better term, a lot of emotional abuse throughout my career. Um, And other forms of abuse can seep in. And that is the most just, no, I can't even put it into words. But when you associate that feeling with the best, with standing in front of the world, literally in front of the world on a podium with a medal around your neck, like listening to anthems, you're like, what is going on? Like I should be happy, but I'm super depressed because last night I was up crying till 2am over God knows what, because I have all this pressure. I have all this, whatever. It doesn't mean I'm super stoked. Like that race was great. I put on my sacked up and I did it. But now I have this immense feeling of guilt that I should be feeling better about this. But here I am standing here already wondering what the hell's next. What do I do? What do I do now? We were supposed to win. We got third. That's depressing. Okay. So I'm already beating that up. Happy, sad. What could I have done better? Could I have made an individual medal? How am I going to handle that emotional situation? Someone's over there already yelling at me. Someone's doing, you know, and so it's like you have all these things that aren't excuses by any means as to why you feel the way you feel, but they're, they're coming into me like freaking bullets. Like it was just this, like, God, like, why am I so upset and angry about this experience? And I don't think that first of all, I know it's very normal. Um, but it, it didn't really hit me in that moment. Cause we are so numb. You feel it, but you don't address it. You're like, cool. That's there. Where's the party? Like we're almost done, right? Like that's literally the outlet when you're 20 years old. Like, cool, where's the party? So I was like, just get me through this, boom, boom, boom. And then after the Olympics was when it really hit me. Um, It took me about, I would say like a, a good month to really sink in that I was not okay anymore. Like something was not okay. And I had no idea what that was but it definitely led me straight into counseling after three weeks of being home from Beijing. Um,
0: Which yeah. is good by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean so much so that it actually brought me home earlier from Beijing. I didn't even stay for closing ceremonies actually. <laughs> I just went home, changed flight. Like at that point you've been gone for two months You go straight from trials, you go to Palo Alto to train, beautiful, amazing, you start tapering, then we went to Singapore to acclimate to time change, beautiful, monkeys flying in trees, like the whole nine, you know, I mean, you're like on this high, you're living out of bags, and they give you all this crap, and I mean, it's just amazing, you get treated like gold, and it's great, and it's beautiful, and you meet people from all over the world, and you watch people from, you know, countries, it just you'd never even recognize the name of the freaking country and they're sitting right next to you and you're having conversations with people that barely speak your language. And you know, it's just, it's so cool, you know, archery and cross country and like, you know, long jump, high jump, all these track people everywhere. There's track people everywhere at the Olympics. Like it's literally way (laughs) too much like track people everywhere. It's great. But you know, and, and then you get to this point where you're just like, what is ever going to match that? And I think that is that exact moment and that exact thought is when you hit that wall a couple weeks later where you're like, okay, time to address everything. You know, so anyway.
0: <laughs> Have you found what you're looking for?
1: I don't think anyone ever finds what they're looking for. I think that you can discover things that are there if you're aware enough. But I think that if you're fi- if you're trying to find it so hard, it's forced. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's all awareness. I was aware of my own shit at that time. I wasn't aware of anything else that could have gone well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, it seems like, a- especially after going through something like that, is it you're, you almost are attached or identify yourself with, um, a struggle entirely. Like, you know, you need something, you need to be challenged, you need to be struggled, you need to suffer. Mm-hmm. And almost like the ability to sustain that and do that becomes your identity.
1: I was terrified. I was scared of myself too. I, th- I was scared of who I could be, but I also knew that I had more in me to give. Um, I missed certain parts of myself already. I was like already morning. So like I, you know, I retired when I, so to give that timeline, I, I ended up after the Vegas stint, I was still in Gainesville. I did my victory lap of school, graduated fist pumped, moved out to California because the professional teams train in Baltimore with Michael or out in California out here and I was like I'm not Baltimore's too cold I'm going to California so I came out here and I, I loved it I lived with one of my best friends we lived in Newport Beach we trained uh, training was gnarly again uh, I was in school again um, I went to fit 'em, was doing uh, merchandise product development and design so I have this distraction already that I was setting up which could be looked as mm-hmm. a positive thing. It was really good. Uh I really liked it and loved it, actually. And I just I I felt that I had more in me. I was scared to death of that. Like I had no idea what that was. I had no idea who I was, but I also knew that in, you know, growing up I was instilled, you know, a lot of um, Understanding that I'm more than just what dives in the pool and mermaids around. Um, and I think I watched my parents be that way themselves. So I think that it was also helpful, but you know, I, I didn't want to just amount to what I knew that I could do. I wanted to be scared again. <laughs> like I wanted to be scared. And call it what you want, call it me just chasing another challenge to overcome it, which I did, (laughs) but I wanted, I wanted to be uncertain and I wanted to play in that space of like, what is possible? What can I do? I don't know what it is. I'm terrified. I have no idea. I've attached myself to this one thing my whole life, but deep down, I know there's something more. And so I go and I, I retire Um, there was just some gnarly crap happening in the swimming world. And I just, my gut intuition was like, I'm out, I'm out. And I walked away from the sport after the worst race of my life. So I ended on a bad note, everybody, I ended on a bad note, (laughs) but I viewed it as the most beautiful note because if it weren't for that moment of getting out of that race, I somehow understood that like this is me transitioning to this next chapter and it doesn't have to be on a high. Mm-hmm. Like you can be okay with not quote unquote winning something in order to use that as a platform to move forward. And that was hot. That was hard.
0: Yeah. I think you just hit it. It's okay. Yeah. Like, It's okay. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to suffer. It's okay to go out on a low note. You just have to be okay with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to be happy. You have to make the decision and be good with it.
1: Yeah. I sat in the warm down pool and bawled my eyes out, my goggles to Amanda Beard, one of my close friends. Um, And she just, she was just like, dude, this is your diving, your springboard for the next the next round like she said something to me that stuck with me she was like everybody knows that you're more than this and it was weird i was like what do you mean like <laughs> it was kind of one of those things like so everyone's been talking about me behind my back that i shouldn't be <laughs> swimming like am i sucking that bad you know but it was like i took it my perception of that was like at the time it was like oh no Like, what does that mean? Like that I'm better than this? Like, isn't this really great? Like I just made, you know, so then I'm wrestling with that whole thing again. And I'm like, God, I just, I tried to get back to what I was and I tried to get back and I tried to get back. And I was recognizing that it wasn't about getting back to where I was. It was about what was ahead of me. And that scared me shitless, but I was gonna do it anyways. (laughs) You know?
0: Did you have uh, any major injuries during that career?
1: No, I had a, I had a, hip labrum thing I afraid it but swimming you're lucky you don't have to do anything
0: I was gonna say swimming like are there a lot of injuries
1: mm. shoulders a lot of shoulders I escaped Scott for your shoulders
0: I remember um, I don't know I played like football like 16 years or something like that and in college and then had like this idea that I was gonna continue to play the like Canadian football league or arena mm-hmm. football league or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause that's all I really knew outside of doing well in school. And there were some other things, Best I knew that's where I, my identity was. Yeah. And I remember coming home, visiting, I'm at a junior college out here. I have cones and I'm running cone drills. I'm by myself in my yeah. cleats doing my <laughs> footwork drills, Getting uh, ladders. Yeah. Doing all kinds of work on my routes, um, work on backpedaling in case it, uh, I was doing the arena football thing. And then I remember just like stopping and staring at my feet and looking at the cones and it hit me. It's like, I'm happy. I am mm-hmm. I have the rest of my life. It was like, I, I had all these images in my head that have like come to fruition. And that was like, um, at that point, I hadn't had like major surgery. I had not no knee surgery. I didn't blow out an ACL or MC, like I didn't, I tore a hamstring. Okay, yeah. fair enough. But I didn't have a... <laughs> That's hard. That, no, That no, no, never absolutely. heals the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, but I didn't have any like major surgeries. Yeah. I didn't have any surgeries. Yeah. yeah, same. And so I was like, and I kind of felt like if I kept pushing, it was going to come. Yeah. But it hit me like, I have the rest of my life to like run around with my kids that I don't have yet and yeah. play Frisbee at the beach, you know, go for runs, like do triathlons and do things. And it kind of was like, okay, I'm done when I took my cones I went home took my cleats off and that was it completely happy wild yeah but, it, but what I'm saying is it ended with me just by myself in some grass and some cones like yeah so that point that chapter was like done yeah right there
1: it's like a peaceful ending well and I think there's also an aspect of knowing that that you could be really really damn good if you kept going there's that aspect of that right like I know I can be really good but there's almost that dare and that element of like yeah and I'm gonna leave anyway <laughs> you know and like you know but it's this whole it's this whole thing of like what's what can I do with that drive right there that knows that they can be that good
0: yep I think also it comes in there it ties in the the identity and who you who you are and who you want to be yeah and I was completely, I don't know. At that point, I was just, I was happy and content That's and happy cool. to be healthy.
1: That so you ended like in a, at just a random field. What field was it? Do you
0: remember? Uh, SMC.
1: Oh, man. See, Which and ironically, I bet every time you drive by, you remember that.
0: Mostly. Well, ironically, <laughs> it's also, um, my dad had played on that field when he was in junior college. See? So it was like a weird, like, um, I don't know but being completely happy. I don't know. That's, that's, I guess what I'm at is like the, could I've kept going? Sure. Would I've ended up injured? You know, maybe, but so Mm -hmm. what? Like you can come back from that. Um, anywho, speaking of injuries, (laughs) as I'm staring at your crutches over here,
1: they're so cute.
0: I want to point out, um, I didn't want to tell you at first, but like sometimes people view being on crutches as a bad thing. Mm hmm but I look at it as a really good opportunity to build the stability of your lats. <laughs> you know, like. I mean,
1: I don't fit in anything right now. My lats are popping out and it's like, it's okay, here's, this is crazy. This is something I was thinking about the other day. I used to hate that. Even when I was swimming, because that's a swimming muscle, like lats mm-hmm. and shoulders. And and I used to hate it. And now I'm like, sweet, I can do all these things. I'm like working my core. And, you know, I've had my days where I'm like, oh, so uncomfortable. I can't, you know. Do anything, but for the most part, it's so empowering to actually fall in love with a body part that you used to be so insecure about as a girl, so insecure about. And it's crazy how just now, even using this, you become so grateful for things that you can do. Unbelievable! Like I'm, I'm just blown away because, like we just talked about, I never had that swimming. I didn't have. I lucked out. All my peers I had shoulder surgery. I somehow shoulders out, of steel
0: point out. You're wearing a gray, big old gray boot on your super left foot. attractive. I'm
1: going to bling it out with Swarovski crystals. I don't. <laughs> Maybe See, some like streamers is, hanging off the side or some, some nuts and bolts in that foot put or what? Some, I honestly, they were going to, so I have two fractures in my calcaneus. Um, Why? and I did it last. Yeah. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Because I was trying to prove myself that I was really good at running. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was pushing myself last summer. We were going to do Otillo world championships, which is this swim run, like freaking crazy ass swim run in the middle of Sweden. And it's like 40 miles of running and 11 miles of swimming. And it's like swim run with a partner. So you're like tethered to them. And it's mm. in the gnarliest. You should watch rituals. Um, I don't know if you follow Rich Roll at all, but if you watch his old recaps of it, it's the weather conditions were so bad last year. Like literally like winds flying everywhere. Like there's people like, (laughs) I mean, it was crazy. So anyway, long story short, I, for so long, I was trying to prove myself after I was done swimming physically, but at the same time, didn't give a crap about being the best at anything, but it was this like personal physical thing that I needed to prove myself with. And you don't know how to use your body properly on land as a swimmer, come to find out. We we know water skills like none other. And we know land skills like med balls and <laughs> you know, our strength gravity coach of Florida. You know? Yeah, gravity is a little different. Our strength coach of Florida is amazing. Matt Delancy, he was great. But you can't change the habit. somebody has, you know, their feet are like fins. Like it's taking a dolphin and telling it to start running right when you're done swimming. You know, you don't take a human on land and tell it to just get in the water and train for six hours. You teach them how to do the freestyle Mm -hmm. and how to do the backstroke. So on land, we're done. And homegirl thought that she could just get up and just start running miles and miles and miles and miles, grinding and CrossFit and all these things. A couple years goes by. Carolyn's body starts to break down. And I broke down pretty easily when I was swimming. Anyway, my body starts to break down and, uh, there goes the heel, you know, well, I thought it was Achilles tendonitis. So I sacked up and got through the Achilles tendonitis that was actually a fracture the whole time. So I ran on a fracture for about three, four weeks and I was running down a redondo, hit the jetty. And I just literally fell in the sand and started crying. And I've never quit anything like that in my entire life. Usually, I would at least just walk home. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I couldn't even walk home. I called an Uber. Like, it was that bad. And so I get home, and I text my friend Amelia, and I was like, oh my God, I can't even touch it. Like, I can't even put it on the ground. And she was like, just, you know, calm down, but you should probably, like, call your doctor or whatever. So I go into Dr. and He war- used to work with us when we swam. He was like, you need to get an MRI. Go and get an MRI. My foot had... Two fractures, and the whole thing was swollen with edema everywhere, like the bone and bone extensive bone bruising, like almost to the point where the fracture was uh 2.00.02 centimeters away from being a full break or or whatever which means would mean pins, which people do from falling out of airplanes. <laughs>
0: so, you're he- so, are you he- is this repetitive? I'm a dumbass.
1: Heel- is this repetitive <laughs> yeah. heel striking? No, I was I was a midfoot striker too. It was just I was training in minimal shoes in the mountains, so you got the instability of the surface and the lack of care on my end and the lack of attention and awareness to the fact that pain (laughs) is okay and it's not something you try and conquer or get over or prove yourself or that you're fine.
0: Sometimes it's an actual hint.
1: It's an actual hint, and it's. Pain's great. It's good. It means something. It's telling you something. It's a message. It's not going to go away. I thought it was a weakness. So I kept pushing through it, thinking that I would sack up and get over it. Lesson learned. Second time around, which was recently, well, the first time around, I wasn't on crutches. I was just booted. And I I was told to be on crutches, but it was by an assistant. Anyway, long story short, I ended up being an idiot and just booting it, which you don't do for a heel. And so it didn't heal all the way. So I come back to life and I do very slow, getting things going very slow. I was very, very impatient. And it, after three months, like just started hurting again. And I was like, something's not right at all. Like this is weird. And I was doing great. Like I was stronger than I ever was. I was feeling fantastic. I was running slow as molasses on purpose, like on soft surfaces, Mm -hmm. still wasn't ready. And I just, I think that the accumulation of all of that with everything else, just stress wise that was going on. Like, you know, things were just coming to the surface in my life for the first time. Again, just like realizations about myself and my people and my world and my family and, and the swimming world. And it was just like, Holy shit. On top of that, I think the stress of all that, my body was like, stop. You're trying to prove yourself. Just freaking chill, you know?
0: So which is really important. Like, yeah. I've talked about this before, uh, like stress and energy and height how that can hurt and heal you as well.
1: Oh my, it totally heals. I forgot to add, I got septic knee. It was in the hospital for 48 hours in September.
0: Same leg? Uh,
1: good leg. So that sidelined me while I was coming back, which might've been part of why I used that other leg too soon because my bad leg was the size of an elephant tusk, elephant, whatever it's called. How'd that Trunk happen? Trunk tusk. I just say tusk. <clears throat> Swimming in the ocean after it rains. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> lesson learned everybody (laughs) i woke up in the middle of the night passed out collapsed my leg was the size of your arm and (laughs) it was like so big my knee um and uh i've never had anything wrong with me in my life physically until then i think i had strep throat once as a kid i maybe had the stomach flu once and all of a sudden i turned 30 and shit hits the fan (laughs) yep But it was so weird. It was like this huge, what the hell? Like I've always used my body as my tool. It's been like my form of expression. It's been everything. And now I have to redo this whole thing and understand how to fall in love with it again because I hate it. And I hated it for that whole year. I hated my body. I was so angry at it. I spent six months just angry at it.
0: How are you dealing with it now?
1: Oh, I mean every emotion possible. But I also... I don't know. I feel this like weird sense of peace for some reason for as frustrated and as feisty as I get and how I just want to live normally and take out the trash normally and go to the bathroom normally and, you know, text message normally. (laughs) Thank God for the phone fanny pack, you know, but it's, it's, I think how I'm dealing now is releasing the guilt that it's okay to be frustrated with it, but that also that body got me a lot of places and it got me to where I want it to be. Um, but that it also has taught me that I don't owe or have to prove myself to anybody. Like there's not anything that I have to prove. And I think that that's been the biggest realization for me is that I don't have to show that or prove that at all.
0: Yep. What do you think? um...
1: It used to be the thing I had to prove because if that wasn't there, then I'm failing. And so even if I'm sitting at my computer now like, doing work, I'm still failing if I'm injured, you know? And that was like the realization that I've gone through in that time.
0: It's kind of like, I mean, what is your injury teaching you or trying to teach you?
1: That I don't have to be anything other than what I'm at in that moment. There's no reason. And okay, so maybe I wouldn't say this if I was still competing maybe I wouldn't. Maybe if I had something to quote unquote prove, I wouldn't say that.
0: Can you, the way it is right now, can you swim with it?
1: Yeah. But I can, I can't push off walls. So I'm like flip turning one leg, and like pushing off with the one leg flopping under the water.
0: But are you focusing on what you can do more than you, what you can't do?
1: Yes. Entirely. Like everything. I'm so grateful for everything now. I'm like, Oh my God, I can like do kneeling kettlebells. Oh my God, I can do blah, blah, blah you know, and I've got this whole program now kneeling workouts and you know, it, but it's like, I'm good with like 20 minutes. I'm good. You know, like this morning, go in 20 minutes of accessory work. You barely sweat. You leave. Okay. That's actually training your body. Caroline, you don't have to just grind out six hours of a workout to be successful. I did. I used to do that and that's great, but I'm not competing anymore. Like I don't have to prove that anymore. So I think that that's been the biggest thing that, you know, I understand about myself as well, but also, you know, like when I'm, when I, I have friends and amazing triathlete friends that train eight hours a day still. And I think that, you know, I'm asked by them, like, what's the difference? Like, why do you feel that you, you know, you you used to have to do that, but why are you happy now with just that? And I'm like, because it doesn't mean that I'm not worthy. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not, and it doesn't mean that I disagree with your training style. But for me, with where I'm at right now, I cannot justify anything else with my body until it's healthy again. It just, it, for me.
0: Well, I do want to point something out. And that is, your body is completely healthy and capable. It's a it's minor speed bump.
1: That mantra has been like big for me. And
0: it's still attached to a leg that you have. Totally. You know, the ability to have that is pretty cool.
1: Oh my gosh. Huge. And uh, going back to the guilt thing. Oh my gosh. I sit there and I'm just like everything. I think there's not a moment that goes by where I don't sit there and I Like I have like this like portable leg crutch and I just like strap it on my leg and I'm, you know, going around my place and picking things up and cooking and cleaning and doing all these things. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and I used to bitch about something being sore or like, you know, and that's fine. Like if I felt that, that was fine. But the amount of gratitude that I have now and knowing, and this is the key, knowing that, the amount of gratitude that I have now is one one millionth of what I'll experience next year and the year after and the year yep. after.
0: You know the big lesson that that I feel a lot when my back is messed up or whatever, whatever happens. One, um, I have a tremendous amount of gratitude for the ability to pick my kids up when I want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a time when I couldn't. Yeah. But also, and especially now, you'll probably be able to relate to this, but the ability to go out and frolic.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Right? Just go run. To be able to go for a jog without pain. Just to go jog. I just want to go for a little jog. It's such a gift. Even if you're walking across the street and a car's coming, you kind of got to hurry up a little bit. That's a gift. To be able to jump up a curb without pain. Right? To be able to get off the toilet. (laughs)
1: it's so true. Like I, I have two sliders that I crawl around on at the gym and I'm like stoked to crawl like a child. I'm like, yes, (laughs) this is what it feels like to be primal again. Like, you know,
0: yeah. And you have arms to hold yourself up. Exactly. So that's, that's, that's basically what I'm saying is getting towards like, yes, it's a a pain in the butt. Yes. It's hurt. Yes. It's not healing as fast, but there's so much gratitude and, and personal growth and perspective. That you're learning from it
1: so much. And I think that it almost, again, this is like the exact same thing that we were talking about when you retire from your sport, you almost retire happy with where you are and with what I'm doing, but knowing that because you know, you can be that much better is why you do it. (laughs) It's like you have this feeling of like, I know I can be, because if you left on this note of defeat, like never gonna, you know, I have the worst attitude ever. Like that's bullshit. Like you have to leave knowing that you could be better at what you did if you did it and not just like leaving angry at something you cannot. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not trying to be preachy, but I think that that's (laughs) what I've you know understood about myself through this is that I know that, I want to be better. Like for what you just said about, like, I want to be able to go out on a run with my kids (laughs) and not have a broken heel. And I think if I broke down about that yesterday, I was like, Oh my God, I just want to like be able to walk through the airport next weekend when we have to go to Mexico. You know, I just want to be able to, and it's like just little things like that. It makes you so grateful for the smallest things that I yep. used to hate when people say, don't take that for granted. Don't take your body for granted. Don't. And I used to hate it. And now I'm like, oh,
0: <laughs> <Yep. laughs> should have listened. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, here, I'm going to teach you. Yeah. The other thing, um, recently uh, threw my back out. I never really knew what that meant until I got older. <laughs> yeah. What does that even <laughs> mean? Like yeah. L4, L5? Yeah. Is that uh, where it was? Uh, some there, yes, and L5, S1. Yeah. So it comes and gnarly. goes. I always tell people it's like back herpes.
1: Yeah, totally. Like it just lives there. <laughs> yeah. There's
0: really no cure for it and it's only a problem when it flares up, right? That's but it's actually uh,
1: <laughs> a really good on I'm gonna start using that.
0: But so it recently was flared up and for a long time I couldn't I couldn't even stand up straight. Yeah. And so now like like if I stand up out of this chair and I get to stand up straight and, and walk out of here, I'm like You're stoked. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can stand up and walk normal. I can get out of bed and stand up and just walk out it's fantastic. And then yeah. to go, so then you have like, that's just forget fitness. I just want to be well. I yeah. want to have a little bit of wellness yeah. and quality of life. And then on top of that, I think this is super cool. And it goes back to the moment that I was telling you about 10, 15 years ago. Well, I'm older now. So 15 years ago where I was sitting on that field by myself, staring at cones, thinking about a moment that recently happened. And that is, uh, I helped coach my kids' t-ball team, and at the end of practice, the kids still had energy. So I'm like, yeah. "All right, so let's start having some fun." And I told them, "Whoever could um, tag me, I'll give them gum." Mm. <laughs> and you get little like five, six-year-olds. You tell me you're going to give them gum, and it's like, like they yeah, look at you I love a gum. They, and like, "Yeah, it's like game on." Yeah. But so they had to chase me, and it was just to be able to run away and play with little kids. It's like, yeah, it's the whole thing. Just. That was amazing to have the ability to do that. Yeah. Physically, emotionally, to be in that position in life and to be able to, and so what we are, we're in this field running around frolicking like kids and the ability to have fun while frolicking. Game changer. I didn't care about like looking cool or whatever. I'm running around, you know, having so much fun and like screaming, laughing because I can. And I'm very grateful for the can part. Right. Not the can't. The can't's whatever.
1: And I don't think that I've ever really had that appreciation about my body in my life. I don't. don't. (laughs) Like, I don't think I've ever really been like, oh my God, I can, you know, I can do this. It's like, I have to, it will help me perform. I will get to that level. I will win. I will succeed. And then I will be a strong female with a strong female body, you know? And I think that those things were my goals. Those things were the things... That we were instilled as successful with our bodies, if they can perform, if they can be the best, if they can be the top, you know, it's like screw the heel, screw the injury, you know, like the meaning of it is so powerful. Yep, I but, think I've thought about that more than the darn heel. I'm like, Guy, I mean, no, I hope absolutely. that thing mends up, like <laughs> at the end of yep. the day,
0: I'm like, whatever, it'll it'll heal. Well, you know? so that's and I've said this numerous times, but if you if you're focusing on on the the suffer, it's totally. You, yeah. get, you, you miss out on the lesson. Don't pay attention to the pain. Pay attention to the growth. Yeah. Like, what is this trying to teach me? Yeah. How is this going to make me better? And if you start asking your questions on a situation like that, uh, it gives you uh, empowerment, perspective, mm-hmm. gratitude, and the ability to choose um, the path of strength.
1: And you just hit the ability to choose. Like, the power of choice is everything. Like you have the ability to choose what you want to be one or the other, and you can be both. (laughs) It's okay to be both, but it's about channeling what you're doing in the proper direction with that. Like, how am I taking that and using it properly? It's okay to be pissed. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to hate this, that, or the other. You don't have to get rid of that. (laughs) You have to get rid of that fear of not being enough, but it's how do you use that towards what you do want? And if you don't know what you want, Then, how do you take the small process steps to get there that we all hate to do, just want to get there?
0: Yep. And I think another thing I'd like to point out with that is that it's okay and natural because of the way dichotomy is set up within our souls and brains. You know, who knows where it actually comes from, but there's always light and dark, there's always good and evil, there's always balance going on. Yeah. You can't always be positive. You know, that's that's what I want to point out. You're not always going to be strong. No. You're not always going to be like, this is teaching me this, so I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, Sometimes that you're shit. gonna be like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this sucks. Poor me. Yeah. Wah.
1: Yeah. Play victim. Yeah.
0: But that's natural and, and you can't avoid it. And so mm-hmm. I, 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 I always point that out. Yeah. That it's okay to be like that. Yeah. Just don't stay there. It's okay to recognize it, look at it and be like, Ha, okay, I see you, but I'm gonna go this way and this is what I can do.
1: I stayed in that mindset for a long time a really long time, like the victim mindset of like all these things happened to me. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. This happened. It was like off and on and you can put on that gratitude face for whatever you need to put it on for. But if you don't, I started to recognize that I don't have an idea of really who I am or what I'm doing and that's okay. But I took all that shit from, you know, painful situations that I thought was just like the worst thing in the world. And I would attach to that. I would attach to that, like the abuse feelings. I would attach to the feeling of failure. I would attach myself to not being enough for someone, for someone else, for this, for that. I would attach to all that. And I would try and pretend that I was learning all these lessons and that I was fine, but I was attaching to this victim mentality All the shits happened to me, and I didn't have a reason to understand it. I just didn't care, you know.
0: Uh, None. This is, and I've I have I've read this on I don't remember off the top of my head before on a previous episode, and it's from the book Art of Living.
1: Yeah, which is a good one. Which you sent to me.
0: I did (laughs) uh, a while back. Yeah, um, uh, from the Art of Living. Uh, by Epic mm-hmm. and I did and I actually did a whole episode where I covered a lot of that book uh, The episodes called art of living actually I don't yeah. remember which episode number it is I think
1: I know what you're talking about though.
0: Yep, it's out there. Um, if you guys look through, Scroll through the the CCA, um, episode list. You'll see what I'm talking about But this par- this particular phrase sticks with me and at the top of it It says your will is always within your power mm-hmm. It Says nothing truly stops you nothing truly holds you back for your own will is always within your control. Sickness may challenge your body, but are you merely your body? Lameness may impede your legs, but you are not merely your legs. Your will is bigger than your legs. Your will needn't be affected by an incident unless you let it. Remember this with everything that happens to you.
1: Mm. Do you ever think, and that just, triggered something within me. Do you ever think that like you get, and we've talked about the addiction to suffering because I went through that addiction to suffering for a while, but my will, my perception of what I wanted at that time was to suffer. Like I liked it. It was like, it was addicting. I wanted to have the next challenge that I could overcome it or so that I could fail. Because it felt good to play victim again. And it was a span of like five years of back and forth with that. And this was after the Olympics.
0: Now you talking about uh, physical suffering, no, emotional suffering? both.
1: Both. Because I think I pushed myself physically to try and prove myself to match what I did. So I suffered to get to the Olympics, right? Like yep. I went through that. And That's so.
0: what a lot of... In my opinion, a lot of competitive, um, sports is about like, yeah, there's obviously a huge physical component, but there's such like a huge competitive internal fire that needs to be challenged to stay lit.
1: It's redefining that. Yep. I didn't know how to do that. I thought the worse something could be, the more that I would find that like the harder something was. Yep. Yep. And that. And you do, you find things through hard times, but I like seeked them out. Like it was freaking candy. <laughs> like I don't know, where yeah, are they? That's also,
0: uh, I mean, obviously maybe a little too much, but the, the challenging and the struggle and all that stuff is really, really important for so growth. Right? So So yeah. like you need it. Nothing happens. Like you said like, you didn't know, you didn't have all these lessons because you hadn't gone through the suffering or struggle yet. Yeah. And it's through those that you, you learn lessons.
1: So where's the fine line? You know, like between getting addicted to that and then learning
0: from it. Um, well, you can learn from everything. For sure. Right. Everything is a learning. Or experience. utilizing it. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Having perspective. Um. I really keep going. I circle back to the why. Yeah. And what makes you happy, and why you're doing something? What are you really doing it for? And is it fulfilling you?
1: Yeah. It's funny. I think about, I think about that time after the Olympics and just trying to find my why. I'm like, well, what am I doing? And my why at that time was to accumulate as many degrees or things or accomplishments again. Um, and, you know, I, got two more degrees. <laughs> like, you know, it was just like, just prolonging things. Cause I didn't know it. And I wanted to do them. I wanted yeah. to do them. I liked it. It was fun. Like I liked it. I met great people along the way. It was fantastic. I had a blast. I just, I kept thinking that that was my why it was like, how many times can I just accumulate things and bring them on and, and collect, 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 collect to fulfill that identity within myself. Cause that like it's like, it's like a hoarder in a home, right? Like the more you can get, it's like, or like emotional eating or something. It's like the more you can fill yourself up with things, it's like the more significant I felt. And the more that I felt like I was impacting others, if I like had these things to show or to prove,
0: and I don't know, I are just things,
1: right? Like they're not really me. I mean, they, I don't think for one second now, I've sat there and been like, actually, I know I haven't. I've never been, I have all these things, these degrees and these things. And like, I've done all these things. Like, no, I am more interested in what I did around them or during them or, or what I learned from them and still so far to go in my learning and still, you know, a million years ahead of me in my mind of things to discover about myself but at what point can I understand that like utilizing that pain and that suffering that I went through or the accumulation of stuff, thinking that it would fulfill me, thinking that I'd be happy, thinking that I would find that like, how can I use that now moving forward? And that's the, the, the part where I'm really like that, that is what I'm working with, but without getting addicted to like figuring it out. Yep. Yep. You know, (laughs) like addicted to figuring it out. Like I got to figure it out.
0: I kind of waited to, to mention this stuff, but I was going through you know, your accolades, your resume, all these fancy awards, and all these achievements, and your degrees. and
1: That I don't even probably know what half of them are anymore. That's the that's no. the ironic thing. Well, going through it. <laughs> you collect it, them, but you don't even know and,
0: what they are. And 100%, <laughs> I don't mean this disrespectfully at all. Shoot right? me, shoot me straight. But I was like, whoop de doo Yeah, thank <laughs> like, you, but like, that's oh, what okay. I want, yeah. Like, okay, yay. But Blah, that's, blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah, and that's what I want. That's the reason why I stopped swimming. It's because I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's like I don't, you know, but then but then that's that's what it, the ironic part is, is why did I keep trying to collect? So what was the point of find, of thinking that that was finding yourself by collecting
0: well, more so, accolades so and looking, more things? Looking at all your things and stuff, I'm like, okay, that's great. However, uh, one of the things... One of the things that I really like about you and I'm more impressed with than any of that stuff is how you make other people feel.
1: Yeah. Feelings everything.
0: That is way cooler than, I mean, your Olympic medal is cool. Don't get me wrong.
1: It's cool. (laughs) I barely bring it out of that box. Right, yeah.
0: I'm going to look at it here in in a couple minutes. I barely bring it out.
1: Yeah, I don't, I mean, notice this whole time I've talked about and I've just noticed this too. I I don't I don't care about that. Like I care about what it, what I felt, and it helps think, shape you. Yeah, and it's it's something that I you know, people are speaking up about now. I mean, you hear different Olympians or different actors or actresses or guy. I don't know. I'm... Every, everything you can think of going through something after they complete that chapter that is the word depression. And it's a powerful word because I think that people go through that in different forms. I think it's hard to pin that and classify that. But the feelings around that but, and also around the happiness are what I'm passionate about expressing to people.
0: So this is going to be my, my lead-in to... to Rise elite. Yeah. Um, If you have a 14 year old girl that comes to you and she has some skills, Mm -hmm. she comes to you and she's like, I want to go to the Olympics. Are you like happy (laughs) for her? Are you you, like, what's your initial thought like feeling? Are you kind of feeling bad? Are you happy? What are you thinking?
1: Well, we, we have wrestled with this because. We are a product, quote unquote, that's Olympians mentoring youth athletes. And so the perception right away is, oh, I have to make the team. So I have to say that so that they know that that's why I'm here. And so that's one of the first things we crack right away is like, that's great. But let's talk about right now. Like how, like, who are you? What does that word mean to you? What does going to the Olympics mean to you? Is it a thing? Is it a feeling? Is it for, like, what's your why? (laughs) You know, I mean, we don't say it directly like that, but we get to that. Like, that's what we get to because that challenge is there. It's a dream of a lot of youth athletes. They want to make the Olympics. And damn it, that's great. (laughs) Like, that is a hell of a goal. And for a little feisty one to be like, it's like there's nothing more exciting than hearing somebody say that. They'd be like, cool, yeah, but, okay, like, let's back up. Like, what's going on, you know? So it's it's more of, like, what is it that that actually even means to you and is that framed in a way that you understand? Because it's only going to mean something to you and you're only going to get to that point if it's framed in a way that you understand why you yep. want to get there. Like, what does it mean to you? What picture are you painting of that?
0: H- how do you How do you generate a positive uh, mindset shift?
1: Mm, good question. <laughs> Over time. Definitely doesn't happen overnight. No. Nope. And that's one of the perceptions too that we always have to crack. is like, this is like, what, when we work with athletes, we work with them for four months minimum. Almost every single athlete has stayed on for almost two years. Wow. Yeah. Because they start to, they do that first round and then the second round is when they start seeing the change the first round is like cool sweet i have this olympic athlete that i'm working with that is real human like me and they i want
0: yeah human. i want to point out that working with labeling olympian yeah. is, is like a high standard yep but when you when you have that mentorship and relationships is really the strength mm. as i say all the time the strength is in the vulnerability
1: yeah yeah we yeah. share our experiences with them just as much on the first round because they have to understand, like these people are humans and can sometimes be shitheads just like me. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, we've done and they've had those experiences. Like if I tell some of my moments in swimming to some of my athletes, they're like, wait, really? You know, but we then go into the lesson or, you know, like what, what comes of it. But the actual understanding that they are a human being that set out to have a goal to achieve something, but they took the steps to get there just like I am training their brain in that way. And whether that's through an accountability person or through, you know, work on mindset and sport, like what it work on confidence, whatever that was for them, I'm doing just that too. I'm mirroring that. And I think that that. Relatability, because as humans, we want to relate to one another. We want to feel that we connect with somebody else and we want to feel supported in that journey. And I think that when they know that they feel supported, if they're an A plus or if they're an F, you know, that's everything.
0: Are you more proud? I mean, it's kind of a loaded question here, but are more proud <laughs> of your your swimming accolades or or this project that you're doing in mentorship?
1: I'm more proud of my brothers than anything. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. And I think that because I've been proud of them, I can be proud of what I do with Rise. I'm very proud of myself, but I didn't become proud of myself until a couple years ago. I I didn't notice that what I could do to impact others was a thing until I'm watching my brother race in the stands in London like oh my god <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm like bawling my eyes out you know and it's just like what I, I didn't realize any of that until I'm watching someone else do it and then because I had that experience I'm able to feel that with my athletes I work with now
0: and that's because uh, I watch their growth uh Clark
1: Clark yeah that was wild you've got to watch that race oh my god You guys, like that, (laughs) oh, like his 200 breaststroke at Olympic trials was by far, like, and if you know the story behind my brother the whole time, like he went through a lot of shit up until that. I mean, he was like the protege, the, the second and third to Michael Ryan. So he had all this pressure on him for so long. And watching him beat himself up. I mean, even as a little kid, Mm -hmm. he was biting his nails in the corner and just stressed out. And I'm the one missing my races and like totally goofing around and happy go lucky. And he's just ready and focused and ready to go. You know? So we balance each other out really well. He taught me things. I taught him things. I taught him to have fun and smile. He taught me to focus and streamline and, I think because we took such great pride in that that we had such a we had a really special bond and he had a really hard time. He he came to Florida as well. I was at Florida I was a sophomore when he got there. I was going to be a junior. He was a freshman. And again like I said he had all this pressure on him so you know I watched him literally combust. <laughs> like combust. I'm talking like physical combustion like scooters tipped over like I mean homeboy combusted and came over to my house like a couple of days later and I mean I have like stories for days like it was a very tumultuous college experience and also a very amazing college experience but he came over to my house he's all like I gotta get out of here and it doesn't have really to do with anything else other than the fact that like I'm not feeling supported by my people and I was like okay what does that mean? He's like, you know, they're great. I love them. Like whatever, but I can't, something else is for me. So he was scared shitless, left Florida, went to Arizona, scared shitless, got a place by himself, scared shitless, started swimming for Arizona, scared shitless, wins NCAAs, makes the Olympic team. And his mindset, I mean, he had fantastic training up until then the whole thing, but He could have gone in Arizona like, shit, now I have to prove myself that I transferred for a reason, like, you know, and now I have to prove. And he goes there, and it just became this, like, he just, he blossomed into something. And so this is a long story, but I, that race, Olympic trials in 2008, the 200 breaststroke, there were four dudes together the whole way, and he was fourth. I mean, I'll send it to you, but literally the end of the race, five dudes all lunged in at the same time, and the two underdogs got first and second. That's like, awesome. it would be like Michael not making the team, you know, like it was Brandon Hansen and like those guys, they were like, they I, they turned around, and they have it on camera of them going, Holy shit. Like, good for, like, they were proud of these two. They, those guys are like 34, they've been to like four Olympics, like, you know, homeboys are like seasoned vests. And then you've got this like, 19-year-old dude, (laughs) like you know, and these these dudes that are just, like, this young bucks, like, cruising up, and I, like, I'll never forget, my mom found a lucky penny that morning, and she's really superstitious. She found one when I made the team, so she found one when Clark made the team, so she was all, she, like, pulls it out when he made, oh, my God, it's because of the penny, and I'm just, like, (laughs) dying laughing, but it was just such a powerful experience that I never really, I was so touched by that and understanding that that was actually when I found myself and my success was watching him. Oh, is that like awesome. normal? I mean, I don't even know if that's normal, but <laughs> I guess it's normal.
0: What do you, what do you think your, your brother is most proud about you?
1: Not being afraid to break away from the norm of what I could be doing. And always just challenging myself and pushing myself outside of the box and outside of my comfort zone you know he's a math science business mba major you know he's plays by the books in that way he's a wild card but he plays by the books mm. i'm like oh my god i'm going to sketch and draw and like frolic in the woods you know and like go swim in the ocean you know i i have all of these crazy ideas and all of these fantastic feelings about things that i want to do in life and that i want to achieve for myself and for my future family and for my legacy that I want to do. And it's all in a creative zone, which means that society deems that is not really a streamlined or focused thing. Like you don't really, if you're in a creative or artistic field, it's so broad. Like you don't have something that's like, there's not a tangible outcome. A lot of times there's 10 outcomes. So to him, that's foreign. Yep. But he is so proud of me more than anything. I think that I'm doing that and that we just go for it and we make shit happen. We don't know what's gonna happen. We're uncertain. We cry five out of seven days of the week about God knows what, but you pick yourself right back up and you do that. And I think that that impacted him from what he's told me to do that. And I think the most, one of the most powerful moments was after his 200 breaststroke at Olympic trials He gets out of the water and they have it on, I guess, NBC Sports or whatever it was. Um, Like the things that we didn't have in 2008, you know, like the media that came about in 2012, (laughs) but they interviewed him and he said like, I am just proud to be a part of the legacy that my sister's already started in front of the whole world with the other guy that won. And I was just like, holy shit, (laughs) like I started to cry and it was, it was I still sometimes like if I'm having a bad day, I'll just like replay that and I'll send it to him on text message. And I'm like, I just watched you race and I watched you afterwards, like say these things. And it it's just, it's, there's something about that that I don't think that he's ever really expressed that. Cause he doesn't, he doesn't come out and tell his emotions like I do. I'm always like, Oh my God, I love you. Like getting hugs. And he's just like, He's a little sto- he's stoic. And that meant a lot to me because I always knew that. And I never asked that of him because I know his love language. But him saying that in front of the world was like, oh my God, there was something powerful. So that's what I'd say he's the most proud of. Just going for it. I think that's impacted him and helped him as well.
0: Uh, to circle back before we start opening up these magic boxes over here, there is little, some. Medium, there, big. There is a. Something magical about the spirit of battle. Yeah. Right. That's. And it doesn't necessarily it mean, you know, swords and shields. It could fighting cancer. It could be a, a, trying to be your best version of you swimming, or the competitiveness of the trials. Either way, those are all battles, and it's that spirit of. That shows the, the the triumph of the human spirit,
1: and it, I think it allows you to open up your awareness of that.
0: Super secret. Um, that's why my first son's name is Caden.
1: I love that name, by the way. That's
0: what it, that's it's the spirit of battle. That's what that means.
1: I like that. The word spirit and battle in the same sentence.
0: Yep. All right, what we got over here? Let's see. So Special you brought
1: boxes. I brought. You well, I brought you my medal.
0: I want to see it. Let's see it. Okay. Sorry, you've already seen it. I know, excuse me. <laughs> I,
1: Hashtag podcast, podcast. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> but I still like to. <laughs> I know we'll take a bunch of pictures and stuff, and Isn't and this post box it. Funny, this little box right here. It's still really like still.
1: So the back is jade, and the bronze, gold, silver, bronze. Um, all had different color jade. So the bronze had dark jade, the silver had like white jade, and then the gold had no, the silver had light green jade and the gold had white jade.
0: So we'll we'll take a bunch of pictures of this stuff and um, and share. You also have your Kero Coco. Yeah, I brought my coconut oil. Your...
1: This is my little creative my little creative animal. It's for your wife, she'll appreciate. And you too. Dudes like it. It's just coconut oil and rosemary oil. It's made specifically for athletes because, and I'll tell you the story backstory. Can I eat it? I, uh, you can oil pull with it. <laughs> the backstory is this woman that I um, met through Hillary Phelps, Michael's sister. She lived in Santa Barbara, it was making all these like skincare things for athletes and for like all these oils and things because we all hated putting chemicals on our skin. And <clears throat> I started, <coughs> excuse me, working with her a little bit. And she asked me if I wanted to create a product with her, and she asked me what, and so obviously I said coconut oil because I don't like creams—they're so thick and you sweat all the whole thing. So that's the backstory, and it's super simple and very easy to do, Um, but it has a million uses. Scalp, so you'll get a lot of use out of that. (laughs) Massage your scalp.
0: I actually started um, using—no joke—because rosemary oil is blood circulator well the especially with the way i cut my hair it's a little long now i know yeah it's That's wow I, it's i have aggressive. like i, have like, <laughs> I get so like really aggressive i get like bedhead <laughs> you should probably you know i don't know if moose gel hair i'm not really sure which one yeah, i'm supposed yeah, to use what's right happening <laughs> a little embarrassing don't look at me
1: you should just rub some carol cocoa on it'll be nice <laughs> yeah, and shiny i'm going to okay That's will you point. take a so selfie with it later when the you, clippers yeah. the clippers that i close use are really really
0: close they're like super they're, like, they're, they're super, like the closest clippers you can get because I don't want to go full Lex Luthor. So
1: like what number are you?
0: Oh, it's zero. You're a zero, but right now, what are you this like? This is going out right now. 0.7? I'm like warmer. I can feel the wind blowing in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the clippers I use, sometimes it like scratches the skin, right? And causes like some flakes. So I'll throw, now I'm going to use Carol Coco on my, on my you, scalp.
1: You should. And the kids can use it, which is even better. So it's kid-friendly. But rosemary oil is a natural anti-inflammatory. So, you know, it's like an Arnica, but like when you pair it with moisturization, you have both things. Oh, cool. thank you. Yeah, of course. Super simple. Something fun to use. You can cook with it if you want, but I don't like to. It doesn't taste as good.
0: It's got like a menthol-y smell. So like you're not going to cook with it. I mean, you can definitely
1: (laughs) put rosemary on your potatoes, but not rosemary oil. FYI. Okay. Just making sure you do that.
0: (laughs) Hey, what's next for you?
1: So with Rise, we are doing some awesome big stuff behind the scenes with parent group things. Um, We're involving a lot of parents and teams and getting them involved, which has been fantastic. We're doing more webinar work with the Olympians, doing talks on screen, more lives, which our business is all digital because you can do it from anywhere, anytime. So right now we have ups of 20 Olympians and like 60 plus youth athletes. So our goal this year is to get as many Olympians and as many athletes as we possibly can. We set numbers. So that's rise just working to expand that. Um, and we're actually working on finding our end goal with that as well. Just like what we want it to look like specifically so that it can impact both Olympian to have a purpose.
0: I was going to say it's yeah. really good for the athletes.
1: Totally. I mean, that's I 75% of why we started it. Cause her and I were both like, Hey, we're lost to shit. We need to figure this out. Like, you know, like, but everybody, you know, likes that. All the Olympians really like that feeling of giving back because you can have two athletes for an hour a week and you work with them and you're impacted from one hour. You get impacted just as much from them as they do from you. So, It's this feeling of giving back. So that um, I've been working with Strike a lot more. So Strike Movement gonna be doing a little more. Actually, we're doing a retreat uh, in September. So that'll be really fun. Uh, Kawaii with a couple others that will come out soon. Probably by the time this podcast is out. (laughs) Um, And then this will be mass distribution. We're working on that this year because it's been doing really, really, really well. So
0: Vanessa, big female
1: community, Carol Coco, yeah, and. these are my creative outlets. And also with Strike, doing some design work. So, so that Carol cocoa
0: has a uh, hint of your essence in it or what?
1: Yeah, I definitely. Each jar. yeah. breathe on it? I, yeah, I like do a little magic and then I sprinkle my sweat in there after a workout. Or some chlorine. I like yeah, do a right. drop of chlorine. And I'm like, this will definitely help your skin. Keep it up. <laughs> but those are my, my things. And I've got some travels this year. But essentially, I'm just really trying to understand that the different creative outlets that I have are a part of me you know they're all a chapter of my life that I've been very happy to experience whether it was art school creating whether it was being an athlete and impacting the future generation and simply the word building excites me just building things like I really like to create things connect with people and I, I just I love that creativity and connection like that's everything yep so those are my goals. And I don't really like tying myself and slamming myself into a box. So that will not happen. <laughs> and to get my heel better so I can walk. That's a big
0: one. Yeah, that's important.
1: It's very important. So I've been like talking to it nicely and like rubbing caro cocoa on it and stuff. You should been watch a really watch great the, romance.
0: <laughs> watch the documentary called heel. Okay. On iTunes. Okay. Super cool. And it's going to, who's rip- it? I'm not even trying to explain it because I'll mess it up. That's okay. It's Don't. just a really I'll just cool watch thing. It. Yeah. It's, it's, in essence, it compares Western medicine versus Eastern medicine and, Ooh, I like and that. Uh, mindfulness when it comes to healing your body.
1: I like that. Have you read Eastern Body, Western Mind? Nope. I'll get you that book. I think I've told you about that
0: before. You probably have. You know what? Part, <laughs> I part think of, I did. Part of the uh, um, awesomeness and the connection that I've had through podcasts and social media is building some great relationships and mm. sharing co- content right and lessons but also i've gotten a lot of books from people so i have this book list and i'm working my way through it
1: eastern body western mind it's a good one it's my favorite it's very dense right. very dense but and that's also, for like your field that you retired sport on and go and frolic in your field yeah, with yeah, your yeah. eastern body western mind book that's what yeah all right. save that for a field
0: all right <laughs> and also um I'm glad we finally worked this out schedule wise because we've been talking about this for a long time.
1: I know it's and, been a long time.
0: And you've always been a big supporter of me and this, this, the Sisu way, what exactly that looks like. It's revolutionary.
1: It's good. It's really good. And I think that your ability to connect with people on more than their accolades, it's like, it's everything. Well, it's thank you.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank the
1: you. The best real estate you can buy, right there. <laughs> so,
0: um, and so part of what I've started to do with this, um, you know, along with Paul over here, is that we made these, and I like to give it to our guests now. Oh, thank you. You saw one probably sneaking least. Yeah. Sorry, the tease with the one behind me. Yes,
1: I've been looking forward to this.
0: <laughs> right, so there you go. This is
1: rad. Thank you. This is amazing. And on that note since we're exchanging Christmas gifts a couple months early, I brought you one or the other of these.
0: I'm already and leaning towards a bigger box.
1: Yeah, I think that the smaller one's not really your thing, but some people like pins. <clears throat> one is like a small pin and the other one's a metal which is very similar which would actually be cool. What Little picture here?
0: This is way cooler.
1: Isn't that cool?
0: And what is this?
1: That's the official medal of the Olympic games. So like what every athlete gets. And they give you, one. isn't that cool? And those are all the little mascots.
0: My coin is way smaller and lighter than that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want you to know that you've truly impacted and inspired me and a lot of people through this process of creating what you're creating right now. And the cool thing actually, that stepping into this garage, when I asked you how long it took you to do all these things or what was your process with it and not once did you say like, I just wanted to get it done and I just couldn't wait till it was all up and finished. And Oh, I mean, I'm sure you had that thought a million times who doesn't, but that wasn't your goal was to like have this like Mm -mm. show for everybody to look at. It was like, this is, like my man cave that I'm building <laughs> like, this, slowly, but surely. And that's what I want you to remember. Like when you yeah, look at you that is it's like the process of what we've talked about.
0: I definitely, this was here prior to the podcast. The, the only thing I've added since, since the podcast is that this is a table that is not actually not connected to this yeah. in these chairs and this, this little tiny area, everything else is regardless of who comes in here. This is mine
1: it's so cool and Muhammad Ali in the water and your computer said keep swimming which is you know anyway it was really great when I walked and I was like I feel like I'm in the right place
0: you know where the keep swimming comes from yeah do you listen to the grief episode
1: yeah that's and it. that was like the cover of it that's mm-hmm. why I remember like have you ever done that on Instagram when like you almost tap it more than just the double tap to see like if it
0: if you can likes really, really more like it? <laughs>
1: Sometimes I'm like, maybe it'll duplicate like 600 likes if I just keep tapping it. <laughs> it doesn't work,
0: by the way. No, least. no. I've tried it. No. It doesn't work. <laughs> uh, where can the listeners find you?
1: Uh, my, well, our website for Rise is rise-athletes.com. My personal website, so i date I put that on pause. But my Instagram is Burkle. And then Rise is Rise Athletes. And... Um, yeah, I'm not. I'll be honest. I decided to um, minimize the number of outlets that I had, so I'm not as active on Facebook. But I have a Facebook athlete page and a Facebook page, or Facebook regular page, and then Rise's page, Rise athletes. Awesome. But Instagram's the main thing. It's where I speak my mind. Yeah, it's easy. Talk about and stuff. And you're,
0: you're really, you're really good on it. I like photos. You're good on it on Instagram.
1: I just try and. T- don't get me wrong, I have my days, but I just don't. I, I just am who I am. Say what I want to say. That's well, so what I'm saying. It's all that's <laughs> yeah. not,
0: you know, you, you, there's definitely, there's strength, there's 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 vulnerability, there's an inspiration, yeah. there's goofiness, um, you know, and you are who, yeah. who you are. That's you. That's me. Yeah. Which Take is really it or leave cool. it. <laughs> yeah, which is really cool.
1: I was. I was, at the beginning of my injury, I was like, well... You guys are going to be seeing a lot of crutching photos. So if you don't want them, then yeah. you can unfollow me. But like, this is what you're going to get because I don't have a choice. Like what, what's the alternative? I go into hiding, not happening. So, you know, it is what it is. Got to uh, live life.
0: And a couple of admin things. I, I, I forgot to mention in the last handful of episodes. And I, I don't think I push this hard as I'm supposed to, but for, to help out with iTunes reviews. Oh yeah. You know, people. Yeah.
1: Uh, I always forget to do those reviews.
0: Yeah, it's a thing. And well, want, so this is why this is my reminder if you guys can, if you like this episode or like the yeah. show, please go on iTunes and give it a review. Yeah. I'm not gonna ask for a five star or awesome, you know, you feel whatever. Like, five star yeah, it up. You, you you write what you feel. Also, Sisu Way posters are now up on the website.
1: They're awesome. I'm gonna get the
0: the red. The one, one. that says uh healthy yeah. yeah. Strength, 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 strength. There's there's two different versions and over time we'll start we'll start adding more stuff there. Um, and again, all that, all that money is going to go to, to helping people. So
1: yeah, it's the best part about it.
0: Again, thank you very, very much for coming on. I'm thank really you. proud of you. Thanks. I'm proud of your struggles. Thank you. <laughs> right? I am too. Um, I'm, I'm
1: prouder now than I've ever been. So
0: I'm also proud of, the, of your ability to help people. That's super cool. And, um, Remember crutches are support and builders yeah. and they help you get stronger.
1: Yeah. my Milwaukee sticks. Yeah. <laughs> They're my, my uh, foundation right now. So
0: awesome guys. We'll, we'll, well, thank you very much for listening and um, have some really interesting um, uh, people that are going to be coming up here in the next few months. Again, um, not speeding up this, this project. I'm not going to be recording every week. I record it when I have to. When I, and We've talked about this before with listeners, but, um, I, and I think you guys will respect and understand that. So, so thank you very much for, for, for understanding that. And remember, health is wealth, vulnerability is strength, and strength is a choice. Mm-hmm. You are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. Get up strong and be unconquerable.